This edition of the Rochester Rundown is brought to you by Ultra Federal Credit Union, a member-owned financial institution with two convenient branches right here in Rochester. Ultra is proud to support local independent journalism on MedCityBeat. Welcome back to the Rundown. We hope you had a nice, relaxing 4th of July weekend, although that may not have been the case for the members of the Minnesota State Legislature after their work took until the early hours of Wednesday to finish up. Included in this session, a $52 billion budget agreed to by both parties and a controversy over commissioners that extended the session by just a few days. We'll talk with one person from each chamber and each side of the aisle and hear their thoughts on how the latest legislative process went down. Coming up, thoughts from State Senator David Senjum and State House Representative Liz Bolden, plus a snippet from Governor Tim Walls during his visit to Rochester yesterday afternoon. And of course, we'll have a peek at our pick of shows to go to, including a local tradition coming back for the first time post-pandemic this weekend. I'm Isaac Janes. It's Friday, July 9th, 2021. Let's get to the news. The final deliberations went into the small hours of Wednesday, but once the final gavel struck, Minnesota's legislators had successfully crafted a $52 billion budget for the next two years, including over a billion dollars in education funding, a police reform bill that limits the use of no-knock warrants, a $250 million bonus package for Minnesota's frontline workers, and a billion dollars in tax credits. But of course, with a two-house system with one side blue and one side red, neither side got all of what they wanted. That's simply part of the job in the only divided legislature in the country, says 18-year state senator David Senjum. The Rochester Republican said the give and take was most apparent in the debate over the police reform and public safety bill, which he ended up voting in favor of. As I tell people, there's things there's things I voted for that uh, I, I almost detest, and I think that there are things that they voted for that they detest. So mm-hmm. um, perhaps the sign of a, of a good session is that. Uh, Again, we, 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 found, we found the middle. The Senate also had to stick around a bit longer than the House did after GOP leaders in the upper chamber opted to consider confirmations for six state commissioners, a move that may have been meant to oust one from her position. Now, a vote was never taken to confirm any commissioner, but Pollution Control Commissioner Laura Bishop decided to resign instead of facing a vote. She caught the ire of the GOP mainly after pushing for Minnesota to sign on to California's Clean Cars Initiative and signing on to a lawsuit concerning a taconite mine in Michigan. Now, Senator Senjum said he respects Bishop and said he believed that the Senate would have voted to confirm her, something DFL leadership would dispute, while calling some of her positions, quote, divisive. However, he pushed back against his fellow GOP senators for even bringing the confirmation up in the first place, saying it put a damper on what was otherwise a well-run session. It was a conversation I, I didn't think, frankly, we needed to have. I was, I wanted to. Uh, we had a we had a good legislative session. Uh, I would have preferred just to uh, everybody take your victory lap and go home after the passage of the final budget bill. On the other side of the Capitol, first-term Representative Liz Bolden just wrapped up her first session as a member of the legislature, replacing fellow DFLer Dwayne Salk in District 25B. Bolden said she was pleased with the work that was done in her inaugural session, but she wanted to see more out of the police reform bill specifically, which some House DFLers voted against because they believed it didn't go far enough to stop traffic stops or trivial reasons like having an air freshener dangling from the rearview mirror. That conversation spurred on by the killing of Dante Wright. But in the end, like Senjum, Bolden voted in favor of the bill, saying the work that went into it could become the base for additional reform in the future. So there's definitely pieces that that are, uh, you know, moving us in the right direction. Uh, But I do feel like um, 
we should have been able to get more accomplished. And it, it, it was a result of, again, just having that divided legislature that it, it is a compromise. And, you know, there were some pieces that uh, just, you know, we just couldn't get across the finish line. In the next session, the freshman representative says she is looking forward to working primarily on the House floor and in the Capitol instead of through Zoom. Although, unlike Senjum's, she said having the option to Zoom in made things easier for representatives and speakers alike. Her next priority, she says, will be to further expand investment in early childhood education and increase support for nurses. I will say for me personally moving forward, I want to continue making investments into our communities. And so um, we, the, the budget we have... Um, you know, definitely moved in that direction. Um, but I don't feel like everything is tied up in a neat little bow and the work is done <laughs> by any means. With the 2021 session wrapped up, I wanted to get a better grasp on what may be coming in upcoming sessions. And luckily enough, the governor just happened to be in Rochester at the Boys and Girls Club on Thursday, celebrating a provision in this budget, which secured nearly $600 million for child care providers. With that, we'd be glad to answer any questions. He says his next budget draft, which will come out in January 2023 if he wins re-election, will focus on Minnesota's health care system, transportation, and, as Bolden noted, building on that police reform bill. But at the Boys and Girls Club, it felt like Walls and company wanted to celebrate, considering the successes of the budget and considering there were so many kids in the background. Like Senjum and like Bolden, Governor Walls said the art of the give-and-take created the final product that all parties wanted to build on, but that all parties can be content with. And I am incredibly pleased that I think this budget, considering when I had to uh, constitutionally come out with my budget in January, when it was written in December, we were facing a $3 billion shortfall and no prospect of federal help. Um, fast forward to March, we were facing a $3 billion surplus and we had federal help. And I think that certainly helped uh, smooth over that transition. But I think there were a lot of folks that were deeply committed to trying to get what was right for Minnesota. Expect the legislature to come back for a brief stop in September to figure out who is eligible for that $250 million in payments to frontline workers that was approved in this budget. But after that, it's back home for the rest of the legislators until the next session begins anew in 2022. The Med City Beats Rochester Rundown is sponsored by Ultra Federal Credit Union. Whether you are in the market for a home mortgage, car loan, or are simply looking for a trusted brand to manage your money, Ultra is here to help. Unlike large, privately owned banks, Ultra is a credit union owned by its members, allowing it to reinvest profits in its stakeholders, employees, and the communities in which it operates. Among its key priorities, promoting financial literacy to local youth through the Ultra Foundation. To learn more about how Ultra can help you live your best life, visit ultra.org. Now, here's a few shows we're excited for on what looks to be a cool, maybe even fall-like weekend in the middle of July in Rochester. Of course, we have to start with the big one. For the first time since August 2019, Down by the Riverside is back. It kicks off with Country Night on Sunday featuring Lindsay L. and Luke Hendrickson at Mayo Park. As always, admission is free and there will be no COVID-related attendance restrictions. If you want a primer for the show, check out our intern Haley Handelman's interview with Lindsay L. on the site now. 
And of course, there's other music around the city this weekend, starting with Amateur kicking off their summer of shows in support of their new record, Every Little Thing, tonight at Thesis with Amanda J in support. That show starts at 7. Thesis has another big one the next night with Annie and the Bang Bang. That's also at 7 o'clock. Then if you want something a little earlier on Saturday, it's Haley Ann on the Cafe Steam Patio. That's at noon. And Jeremy Jewell at Blue Duck Kitchen for brunch at 10 a.m. the same day. Be sure to check all these venues' respective websites for any potential COVID-19 restrictions. And that is where we're going to leave it this week. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, the best way to support us is to become a member. Be a part of quality local journalism at medcitybeat.com slash membership. I'm Isaac Janes with MedCityBeats. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll be talking with you soon. <laughs>